a video nasty. I wouldn't. I have far too much. But how, how can you judge on video nasty? Oh, you've seen one. I actually don't need to see visually what I know is in that film. The Video Nasties Podcast, my name's Christopher Brown. Much has been made about the oddness of pigs, a film from 1973. Indeed, it's been released under a load of different names, and the film has had a variety of different openings and endings tagged to it through different releases in an attempt to kind of make sense of the oddness on screen. I think possibly that's overstating the film a little bit, though. The film is uh, features some um, ear-splitting audio shocks, some judgery, unusual editing, some uh, v- strong and strange close-ups of faces and of, unsurprisingly, pigs. A film like that and a film that features an exclamation mark at the end of it with an animal name would expect normally to be some kind of gory movie where people are fed to the to the monsters you know like a, a monster movie maybe with rampaging animals or uh, something like uh, maybe eaten alive where the farmer feeds members of uh, the wider community to uh, to his crocodile the um, the Toby Cooper film we covered in the past uh, under the name Death Trap but the reality of this film is different. It fits far closer in reality to uh, the film The Witch That Came From The Sea. A film about a woman whose mind has splintered and is uh, unable to deal potentially with uh, the realities around her. You see, I think the thing about pigs is that it doesn't feature a particular element that would make sense for the audience. You, something, there's something intrinsic in the movie's DNA that can't be really revealed and can't be t- explained within a, um, a different intro which explains her mental illness or a different exit which tells people what happened to her. You see, Pigs was written and directed and co-produced by Mark Lawrence. It was co-written with his wife, Fania Foss, and this mysterious woman we mentioned, I've just mentioned, is played by Tony Lawrence, Mark and Fania's daughter. It's a film about um, psychological breaks and horror, but also, therefore, has a um, an unusual subcurrent really running through it. It's actually a film far more about family dynamics. Daddy? Daddy, tell me the piggy story again. (laughs) This little piggy went to market. This little piggy stayed home. This little piggy had... He feeds those pigs dead people. And then he eats the pigs. 
they got used to eating human flesh. I, I gotta do it. Uh, I'm sorry. me. I don't like pigs touching me. your neighborhood theater from Cenivid. Rated R. No one under 17 admitted without a parent or guardian. So the story features a, a character played by Tony Lawrence called Lynn who has escaped from a mental hospital. Now she meets a guy named Zambrini who's played by Mark Lawrence, the director and co-writer, who owns a, a pig pen farm. Zambrini has already started feeding uh, bodies to the pigs, digging them up because that they've got a taste for it, and that's the only way he can kind of sate their needs. These dozen pigs that he owns. So when Lynn uh, starts killing men who remind her of her abusive father, who when who she had killed after he raped her and had caused her to mentally scar and fracture. Zambrini feeds the remains of those animals to his pigs. This is a, an unusual and difficult arrangement, and unsurprisingly, when the police become involved, um, their world uh, falls apart. Now, before I continue with this, I'm going to obviously explain the fact that I'm not, you know, I, I'm going to lay down some 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 theories and stuff like that but ultimately this is still a film about a um a farmer who feeds um reprobates to uh to to his pigs you know what i mean and so let's not and let's not get too uh too too uh tied up with whether this is some kind of low-key piece of genius i'm not convinced it is but it is uh far more interesting than possibly the fact that it's released by trauma <laughs> maybe we we'll give it credit for and that's pretty much because of the work of, of Mark Lawrence. So, uh, Lawrence uh, was an American character actor who, f- who appeared in lots of films. Born in New York, son of a Polish mo- uh, Jewish mother and Russian Jewish father in uh, 1910. He appeared in some plays before getting a contract to Columbia Pictures. He had pockmarks and kind of looked a bit broody and a bit angry. And with a... Um, New York accent was a uh, perfect to play the role of uh, a variety of heavies and gangsters that uh, would litter um, films through the 30s and 40s. He was uh, at one point a member of the Communist Party. So then when the 50s rolled around and he was um, called before the House Un-American Activities Committee, he basically got blacklisted and had to uh, work in Europe again, playing similar character roles 
before he was uh, allowed back um, appearing as gangsters in James Bond films like Diamonds of Forever etc and um, appeared in various TV and uh, actually his last film was playing as a um, in, a, in Looney Tunes back in action but generally he was regardless of his um, his issues in the 50s was a, a busy a busy uh, character actor through the years he uh, went on to direct as well his first film in 1965 was a, uh, a crime drama called Nightmare in the Sun and um, that then became the second film Pigs he then went on to direct some TV uh, programs as well um, you know, the ongoing stuff, the kind of thing you, you know, it's um, money. <laughs> In fairness, the kind of thing you do for money. Um, you know, good, 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 good role, but uh, not, no, you know, I'd probably argue not the kind of, um, you know, with pigs, regardless of whether, you know, a film about a farmer who plays pigs to animals is, is you know, going to be a, a deep set piece of work that fills, you know, a a particular, you know, oh, this is my magnum opus. Nonetheless, it really is a kind of a, a more personal film rather than, say, you know, directing an episode of, I don't know, Lawman or Maverick or Bronco, which is what he did in the um, in the 60s. Anyway, he, he, um, the film was co-written with his wife, Fanny Foss, who was a Ukraine-born American screenwriter and short story writer. Um, so she helped him with both Nightmare in the Sun and Pigs. And um, they lived in Rome um, when they were um, working away from the Hollywood blacklist. I suppose the uh, the more interesting element to this is this. Obviously, he gave himself the role of Zambrini, which makes sense. You know, he's a he's a good character actor. He'd be a, you know he'd be a good choice for that role anyway, regardless of who was directing it. But it's also this decision to make Tony Lawrence, his um, his daughter, a. Um, the role of Lynn. Tony Lawrence was known as uh, is known as being um, the ex-wife. I suppose it's unfair. I don't don't like doing that. You know, they are most famous for the person they are in a relationship. We're in a relationship with, but she was the ex-wife. She is the ex-wife of uh, of Billy Bob Thornton, um, and had appeared in. Well, this was her debut role. But then she appeared in some TV after this um, limited uh, TV roles including things like McLeod and Quincy, that kind of thing. And the film also benefits from a great uh, soundtrack uh, from uh, Charles Bernstein, um, who kind of did it on a cheapo kind of way. This was before he created the music for uh, a score for A Nightmare on Elm Street, obviously since 1984, um, which kind of made his name. Um, although he had worked before on things like The NC and Cujo, um, this was around about the time that he was about to kind of not blow up, but get more more work um, by doing White Lightning, the Burt Reynolds film, in the same year. And then he did a number of films through that year, including uh, through the seventies, including like I don't know, Evil Can Evil and um, That Man Bolt, and then probably being more famous for the music for the Entity, Cujo, April Fool's Day, and Deadly Friends. The um, the soundtrack itself in Pigs is far more around kind of grounding the movie in its area where it is. So there's a lot of bluegrass and that kind of thing, and and also kind of narratively telling some of the story as well. It's not very sophisticated. Where the film 
becomes more interesting when it's sound is probably its use of uh, the pigs and and, and uh, trying to disrupt and dislodge and create unease in its audience with uh, arrangements of different uh, bangs, crashes. Uh, there's a uh, screeching a lot of the time from the pigs in the farm. There's also um, a feeling of, um, which kind of creates a feeling of, of, of discomfort and um you know it's very i mean it's loud man it, the, the sonically it goes very quiet and goes extremely screechy using these pigs and that's also replicated in the sounds a lot of the characters make as well which kind of show try it's just it's a it's a cheap trick but it, it, to make the audience feel uneasy the film also features a number of judgery edits. I think it's fair to say, with some repetition in terms of its editing, it's it's, it's just a bit. It makes it look like, well, what's going on? You know what I mean? But also uh, extreme close-ups of people's faces, particularly again, Tony Lawrence and um, Mark Lawrence as well, um, in this kind of twisted family dynamic, and um, that kind of works to some extent. What it does do is kind of create this really uneasy kind of weirdness to it. There are some elements of violence, but those violence aren't the type you'd imagine. You'd imagine you'd see like people getting fed to pigs, like you do in um, or pigs attacking people, like you do in the film um, Evil Speak with its demonic pigs. Don't get anything like that. What you do instead is kind of get these close-up, these squealing pigs. You know, it's like fucking hell, it's like big close-ups right across. Can you imagine watching it in the cinema? You know, I watched it at home on the, on the TV, and it's still like fucking hell. That's a big close-up, and that matches these big close-ups of. Um, the two fa- well, family members with two people in the house, you know, the, the, the Lawrences as the, the, they are in real in real life, um, kind of merging the two together. You know, um, I don't think what it's trying to say is that they, they, they're, they're the same, but it's kind of at the same time kind of creating this kind of feeling of uh, unease and you know of ugliness and fairness. It's trying to make you feel uncomfortable by pro- pro- promoting a kind of an ugly look to 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 it all. I mean, the, the locations are incredibly drab. It's like an old. There's a lot of, uh, you know, dust, um, dry plants and shrubs and this, like, decaying farmhouse and the brown woods that you get with, like, barns and stuff like that. It's like, um, you know, the the death of the West kind of uh, sight to it, really. And there aren't a lot of moments of levity from that point of view. It's quite a, a... a somber hysteria, if that makes sense. Anyway, because of all this, the film had uh, did okay. To be fair, it was released in 1973 in Michigan, Detroit, under the name The Pigs, and the distributor offered free bacon to the audience at the event. Well, in um, by 1977, there was an additional prologue and epilogue to the film, which was directed by uh, Donald Reynolds. Uh, to play under the title Daddy's Girl. It was re-released again in 1984 under the name Daddy's Deadly Darling by Aquarius releasing the old Grant's House People, uh, which truncated that, that, that prologue. And all these, these intros and outros to the film were designed around mitigating the, uh, the oddness that she just kind of appears and you don't really understand where she's come from. You know she's kind of escaping trouble, but you're not sure if it's like a hospital or whether you know she's been raped does her does is her father dead or alive and all that kind of stuff comes together narratively but it's deliberately kind of obtuse it's kind of like it's to crystallize that oh no this is what it is you know this is a 
grindhouse house film for grindhouse house audience you can't be a bleak so it kind of like just kind of explains what's going on probably for the worse in truth and then and again at the end I've seen some random um, exam- explanations of what the ending is, you know, like really kind of like, you know, almost like it's almost going to be, is it supernatural? I don't think it's supernatural. I just think, you know, um, it's, I think a lot of the story is actually from Zambrini's point of view in terms of its narrative tone and trust and thrust. So um, we understand what's happening in the story when Zambrini does. So uh, it makes sense, therefore, that at the end it's a bleak and, and you know there is no more narrative to be told. Um, but you know that isn't again isn't really explained um, creatively from for the from the filmmaker. You know this is a guy who obviously knows a lot about film, making a film for people who you know really just want to potentially just want to get pissed on a Friday night and watch something a bit you know extreme or fun. Anyway, yeah, the film was. Um, to ship you through trauma. So, what's the film about? What it isn't, obviously, is the thing I've just said a, a, a film about people getting fed to pigs and kind of like it's not a, you know, from a, you know, if you're looking for a, a killer, killer, killer pig movie, you're fucking in the wrong place, you know, absolutely in the wrong place. It's not a monster film. If you're looking for a film that is about, um, shocks and scares then that's probably not good as well what you get is this kind of disconcerting um film that makes you feel uncomfortable um it sits far closer from death trap or 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 or, 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 or in alive as it's called uh to the witch that came from the sea you know a film about somebody's working from abuse um and is broken and takes it out and you know and, and because they're not looked after are unable to um, kind of move on in the world, and um, that that trauma reactuates itself again and again and again. Mark Lawrence's Zambrini is not a good man, um, but he lets her in to look after her um, because he sees um, something in her that is uh, that he feels protective about and wants to make better. He isn't able to do that. You know, he initially hides his dirty secret, the fact that he has all these, you know, these flesh-eating pigs and around the back, away from 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 the from the woman uh, Lynn. Instead, what he does is he ends up kind of um, trying to protect her right to the end, um, and to his detriment. Um, his solution. Um, as a father figure, as he is in this role, is to try and kind of help her get away, not to uh, treat the problem head on, and he pays for it severely. Our sheriff is far more interested in um, solving the problems. Initially, he doesn't appear like he is. He kind of he bizarrely says that uh, he didn't think it was against the law to dig up dead bodies and feed them to pigs. I'm pretty fucking sure it would be, even in the, in the 1970s Midwest. But instead, um, by the end, he is uh, effectively a force for, if not justice, but trying to um, solve the problems. He isn't able to do it in a meaningful way, though. Um, you know, the society and has let Lynn down to such an extent that she is now um, a monster who can't control her world. Um, I think naturally you kind of... Um, you know, in a world where, you know, we've all seen 
one flavour of the cuckoo's nest and that kind of thing. We can naturally distrust these kind of institutions and you know, don't, you know, the the idea that people who are a problem are just locked up. I don't think that's where Lawrence sees them. Uh, I think he sees them as people who are trying to help, but um, aren't unable to solve what are societal issues. So, I suppose from a from a family point of view, you know, you've got a, a father and mother directing a daughter, and, and the father playing a father figure, if not a father, in the film about disruptive um, and broken family arrangements. Now, this does not reflect clearly the um, the family arrangements of um, Mark Lawrence and Fanny Foss. Indeed, Foss and Lawrence um, remained married up until her death in 1995, age 89. But it's interesting to see that, um, you know, a, a family unit taking on such a unusual, disruptive, uh, broken uh, family environment that Pigs looks at. I don't think I've got the answers to to all of what that means, but um, it's telling that uh, that the um, distributors saw a film that they could clearly see was good and entertaining, wanted to re-release it, but struggled to kind of battle with this uh, these these unusual elements within the film that um, and what it's really kind of trying to say, you know. I don't think it, I mean, it's just quite melancholic. Like, you know, it's almost like a, this is just fucked kind of thing, you know, which is intriguing. And certainly, um, where have you your time? So there's a preset version of the film, which features this prologue, um, which kind of plays up the incestuous elements of the, um, Relationship and the mental mental hospital stuff um, that was released by Ivor Film Services in the early eighties. The film was released again in nineteen eighty seven. Was passed uncut, unsurprising because it's not actually that bad. Called Horror Farm. This was a recut which emphasised an element of exorcism. Um, so this version of the film uh, has something that makes out like she's kind of got some kind of devil in her, which is played at the beginning, played by a different actress. Again, an attempt to kind of make some kind of sense of the film, make some more money. And then uh, now we can see the film as it's originally intended. It's under, it's 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 sold under the title Pigs, but the actual title on the film itself is the Thirteenth Pig, which almost an indication of a, a suggestion. That the Lynn character is a, is a pig, which is odd, but I suppose it, it's a new disruptive force in in Zambrini's life. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's been released by Vinegar Syndrome in uh, in America, which is a very nice set. And there's an 88 films in the UK Blu-ray, both of them Blu-ray. Um, there's also it's also available on Amazon Prime for free as well if you're uh, if you if you're a tight bastard like me, um, and you got that so you can uh, give Jeff Jeff Bezos even more of your money. Um, 
Yeah, so, uh, but I, what I would say is this is definitely a film that's worth worth a look. It's it's an interesting, unusual film uh, and a showcase for uh, what can be done with some really unusual, interesting talent and play. Thanks very much for listening. Uh, thanks to uh, David Irons who got hold of me on, on Twitter and said he appreciates uh, the fact I'm still doing this through for our pandemic times. Um, thank you very much. Well, thanks for listening for starters. It's really lovely that people are listening. Um, uh, you know, um, it's a different, you know, people are listening to the podcast in a different way, I think, um, from looking at, I don't really, I don't eyeball the stats a lot, but I did have a look last week to see what was happening. And, um, you know what normally happens is people listen to it on the commute, and now they seem to be listening to it at different times and binge and stuff, and that's all cool. You know, if if you if you haven't got the time, or you're too stressed, or you don't want to listen to fucking some guy rambling on about fucking a film like Pigs at the moment. I totally understand. We'll be here when you want when you want to catch up. You know. We've also got a little uh, bit of feedback from um, Andrew Roberts, who does the Nasty Pasty podcast. Um, who says about the nesting that he's got a major fondness for this one even though it's fairly standard as a haunted house movie it's that familiarity I guess and the promise of those tropes that satisfy you the nesting is a bit meandering but also has some low key sleazy elements that make it a bit more distinctive especially the house he also says that the scythe death is pretty decent even though it's not particularly ghostly uh, and the flashback sequence are pretty gruesome too so, so thanks very much for that Andrew Um And yeah, I mean, the Nesting's kind of an interesting film, isn't it? You know, it it, it doesn't sit particularly well amongst a lot of the things that are around it, but um, on its whole, it, it is entertaining. And the, the, as I say, the, I felt the deaths were, were pretty cool, to be fair. Um, if you want to get hold of me, please do. My email address is videonastiespodcast at gmail.com. My Twitter is at orange underscore monkey. And you can go to the websites, the videonastiespodcast.com and also um, thelasthorrorpodcast.com where all these podcasts should be. And we're on all the usual things, including Spotify as well. Yeah, so next week um, we're doing a little-known film. Not sure you've heard of it. It's called Friday the Thirteenth. Um, yeah, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll do something on that film. Um, not sure what. Yeah, uh, quite famous already, isn't it? We could just do the. I've never spoken about it before, so I can just blitz it. I suppose do the full thing, and then because uh, Friday the Thirteenth and its sequel, first sequel, are both on the list. So um, uh, so we'll do the Thirteenth one, the second one. Wait further down the line. I don't want to do do double header it, but the first one we'll kind of do do next week and kind of set the scene, 
it's an interesting i mean it's so famous and it kind of launches a lot of other films like it but obviously sits within a chronology i mean to be honest with you i mean i've talked about this next week but really if i was doing this in an order if i was if i if i, if I hadn't if i planned in section three when i originally did the original list we probably would have done this earlier like but after um you know after before the burning but after um bloodbath you know but uh but we didn't so we're just gonna have to to, to make two so anyway uh until then take care please take care hope you don't you know um and i'll speak to you soon seen a video nasty i wouldn't i have far too much how, how can you judge on a video nasty? oh you've never seen one i actually don't need to see visually what i know is in that film